Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, your host today, Carol Zerniel. Our co-host is on special assignment, and we're delighted to have you join us as we pop up to Edmonton, Canada, where Rick Lauber joins us. He is a caregiver and has been for quite a while, no longer doing the caregiving chore, but he wrote a very successful book called A Successful Caregiver's Guide, which came out in 2015. He was a caregiver for his aging parents, and his two caregiving guidebooks are available, and we'll tell you how to get a hold of him as we wander through the show today. He's been twice selected as a story contributor for Chicken Soup for the Soul, which is a pretty neat accomplishment. He ought to be pretty proud of that. A successful freelance writer, a bi-monthly newspapers, caregiving columnist, and a caregiver advocate. And we're delighted to have you on board, Rick. It's great to meet you. Great to be here, Ron, and thank you very much for having me on. Well, that's impressive to have a credit uh, having been in a chicken soup for the soul, uh, that series is incredible itself. What did you write about for them? Um, I wrote no surprise about caregiving, uh, about my caregiving experiences. Um, the first story appeared in Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's Christmas. And I talked about, I wrote about a, a Christmas memory um, where, uh, where dad actually um, initiated a game of basketball with the family um, just right after Christmas dinner. And uh, he spotted my nephew's new basketball and, uh, you know, eyes beamed and, and got all excited. And uh, so we, uh, we tentatively handed the ball to him and he started a game of catch with the family around the, around the dinner table, which was, which was wonderful. I mean, at that stage of the game, he had advanced Alzheimer's, so he didn't recognize us and who we are as who we were as family. But he sure recognized the fun he could have with uh, with the uh, with the ball. Um, second story was was also relating to my dad. Uh, Mom and dad had a cat, and so I wrote about uh, their cat for uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. My very good, very bad cat. Um, the cat's name was Perky. Um, we, uh, we provided the, uh, the cat to dad, uh, when he moved into a long-term care facility and, um, it was, uh, it was a, it was a good fit until the cat decided to, a uh, cat figured out that he could let himself out of the home. Um, and, uh, you know, so he could open up the front door, walk out of the facility, leave the front door open and, uh, and not close the door behind him. So obviously that was a concern for, uh, for wandering. And, uh, you know, so, uh, we had to, we had to find another home for the cat very quickly. He was indeed perky. <laughs> you could say that. Yes. And, and as you think about, uh, those are really neat stories that spun out of caregiving. Uh, tell us about your experience caring for both your mom and your dad. Sure. Um, you know, I was, uh, I call myself a co-caregiver. 
Um, this was a good number of years ago, but I, I uh, worked with my two sisters uh, to collectively um, help and support our parents as they aged. And we did whatever we could at whatever level we could. Um, you know, my my jobs included moving them repeatedly, uh, driving them to from doctor's appointments, um, you know, assuming their banking responsibilities. I paid their monthly bills for them, uh, helped manage investments. Uh, you know, in due course, I became my dad's joint guardian and alternate trustee. Uh, that means I, I made a lot of decisions for him, uh, financial and life decisions for him when he was uh, unable to do so himself. And he gave you the power of attorney to do that? Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, we had to apply for uh, for that power uh, in due course. Um, you know, it wasn't something we really had planned for, so we, uh, you know, we had to apply uh, through the courts to do that. And uh, you know, you know, Dad, uh, you know, it was a little bit tricky because Dad was you know, in and out with his Alzheimer's. He wasn't uh, quite aware fully of what was going on, but we had to follow due process anyway. Now, you were living in Canada. You said you were born in the States. Your folks are both teachers and moved up uh, to Edmonton, where you spent uh, the rest of your life. You're still there now. Uh, As you perform those caregiving responsibilities, uh, what did you learn about yourself? I gained a lot of uh, like self-awareness, I think, as to what I was capable of doing uh, in a difficult situation. Um, I also became a lot more self-confident with, uh, with dealing with, with uh, difficult situations, with talking to other people, with asking questions. Um, you know, I learned how important it was to, to take a break uh, from caregiving, uh, to focus on what what I needed for my own health and well-being, you know, I realized, uh, you know, how important it was to find help as well as a caregiver. And out of your experience, you, you put together a successful caregiver's guide. Uh, and and uh, for those of you who have just joined us, I want you to know you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Air and our co-host Carol Zerniel on special assignment today. We're talking with Rick Lauber, an author and a, uh, gentleman who cared for his parents. He wrote the book, A Successful Caregiver's Guide. And uh, the word successful uh, has a lot of different meanings. And caregivers are often very critical of themselves. They want to be perfect. The world is not perfect. So tell us Mm -hmm. what it is you recommend and how you help caregivers in your book. I, you know, I approached the book writing um, as First of all, I shared my story as a caregiver. I, I wanted to get that out there, um, that I've been there, I've done that, I am I'm aware of the issues, and I'm knowledgeable. I can, I can talk with some authority about, uh, about uh, the whole uh, uh, area of caregiving. Uh, you know, from, then, from there, I moved on to uh, talk about different issues that uh, that raised uh, that raised their heads um, as we worked along, uh, you know, caring for distance, uh, moving parents, uh, finding them long-term care, working with family, looking after yourself, uh, you know, dealing with paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, uh, I closed off uh, each book with a collection of uh, website resources where caregivers can find help at different levels. Um, so that's, that's the format of my book, of my books. Um, you know, 
sorry, the other the other part of that question was, well, what it is you recommend and, and how it is you help caregivers. What I recommend, um, there's a great deal I can recommend. Um, you know, prepare. First of all, prepare as much as possible. You know, I was not prepared for what I got into, and that was a mistake. Um, I think. Well, tell us uh, what the challenges were when you say you weren't prepared. Most people, as you know, Rick, uh, become a caregiver when they get a call from the hospital or, or from a, a doctor saying, "Hey, your your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle." really needs your help now and you're not prepared. Right. Um, I think, uh, I think the main problem was that, uh, you know, we had not had a whole lot of communication as a family about end of life issues, about aging issues. Uh, you know, mom and dad had initially retired from Edmonton to Victoria, BC. So they were now living at a distance, which also made things a little bit more difficult, a lot more difficult. Um, you know, so, you know, we, as a, my sisters and I, we had no idea of, you know, where mom and dad's wills were. We had no idea what their, what their wishes were. Um, you know, we, you know, we weren't even aware that dad was, um, had Alzheimer's at the time. Um, and we certainly didn't know that, uh, that mom had anything worse than, than Parkinson's either until the day of the diagnosis. And, and when we got that call, as you say, so, um, so, you know, preparation, talking about things, communication with the family, taking steps to, uh, to do what you can, uh, to, to prepare is, is key. Um, you know, even setting up yourself as a joint, uh, joint signer on a bank, uh, bank account, uh, like, like I ended up doing, uh, that can be tremendously helpful. Uh, touring long-term care facilities can be helpful as well. So you, you know what to expect, um, you know, researching, uh, possible, uh, caregiving resources that are out there. So, you know, what's available for help, uh, that can be helpful as well. So there's, a, there's a lot of things you can do ahead of time. And I, I recommend that. Um, I also recommend reaching out and asking for help and accepting help. And I also highly recommend looking after yourself through the journey as well. Yeah, a lot of caregivers, uh, well, in fact, most caregivers, uh, don't reach out for help. I can do it. I'll take care of it. Dad needs me. We don't need somebody else. And that's a mistake, right? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Um, a lot of caregivers, uh, they feel they can do everything themselves. They want to do everything themselves. You know, it's you know, maybe a bit of obligation, uh, thinking that mom and dad looked after me when I was young. Now it's my turn. Um, you know, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, caregiving is a huge, huge task and so much involved. And, you know, it, it's important to, to get that outside help. Uh, you know, for me, I, I didn't have any background in, in healthcare or uh, law or banking or anything like that. Uh, you know, so I didn't know what I was getting into. I have no idea on how to, uh, you know, safely uh, transport uh, mom and dad or, or, you know, put them, you know, lift them from a chair or their bed or put them in a bathtub, you know, and, and that means it's, uh, it's unsafe for me to do that. So, you know, I was much better off saying, you know, we need help to, we need experienced help to do this, to help us and, and to look after mom and dad with what they need. Well, see, one of the things you mentioned that uh, I think people's ears went up, you had no idea the situation your folks were in. 
uh, Alzheimer's in your dad's case. And, and what was it your mother was struggling with? Uh, she initially had Parkinson's. That's what uh, I thought we, you said. Yeah, we heard about that on the day of, you know, that they were moving out to Victoria. So we had no notice whatsoever. Um, several years after they were living out in Victoria, mom had an episode uh, where she felt quite weak and uh, ended up dragging herself off to the Victoria Hospital. Uh, diagnosis was her blood count was very, very low and she had leukemia. Um, so we, you know, my younger sister who's in Calgary got the uh, call from the Victoria hospital nurse. And that's how we ended up hearing about that. Oh, we're going to pick that story up in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. Talking with Rick Lauber, caregiver and uh, author of the successful caregiver's guide. I'm Ron Aaron. This is caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Thank you so much for sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, Carol Zerniel, our co-host on special assignment today. We're talking to author and caregiver, Rick Lauber. A Successful Caregiver's Guide is his book. He's got another book as well that deals with caregiving. And we're talking with him about uh, what that was like caring for mom and dad, both long distance and then up close and personal. And like so many folks, they get a phone call. Their mom had suffered uh, from Parkinson's, which they knew. They didn't know about leukemia until they got that phone call. And Rick, what was it like when you got that call? It was shocking. Um, you know, it was my younger sister who lives in Calgary, actually, who'd heard from the nurse in Victoria about mom's condition. Uh, and then she ended up calling us, uh, my older sister and I, to share that news. Uh, really, as I said, really shocking. Um, you know, we we didn't really have a lot of time to think about it because we knew we had to act. Uh, and, um, you know, so what we ended up doing was deciding that, you uh, you know, mom wanted a second opinion. So, you know, uh, she, she and dad ended up coming back to Edmonton, uh, for that second opinion. Um, diagnosis was the same, you know, exactly. So we, we, you know, we talked to them while they were here, approached them, you know, with the, the half cocked idea of having them move back here to Edmonton, you know, you know, saying that we could, we could take better care of them here. Uh, and, Lo and behold, that idea worked. That approach worked. I think it was the uh, the reason that we approached them, you know, as a joint front, and we also approached them by saying, you know, we're worried about you, mom and dad. Uh, we're, you know, we, you know, we're worried. We we want to take better care of you, and that was something they couldn't argue with. So, uh, you know, fortunately, we got them back here. And as you were thinking about, I was waving goodbye to my wife. Uh, we see each other on Zoom, so folks who are listening. 
may wonder the silence. I turned and waved goodbye to my wife. And I think Rick thought I was saying, hang on a second here. <laughs> so you get that phone call from your sister. Uh, you have a family meeting and your folks move back to Edmonton. Right. How, how well did the family get along? You have two sisters. That That's correct. Well, I have two sisters. Uh, my older sister and I both live in Edmonton. My younger sister's in Calgary, which is about three hours south of us. Um, we, you know, we got along fairly well. Uh, I won't say there weren't some squabbles uh, because, you know, everybody likes to be right when it comes to caregiving. And, uh, you know, we've all got our opinions about what is the right choice and the right move to make, uh, you know, um, end of the day, there are no really right choices to make. Uh, it's the best choice you can make, you know, with, with what you have. Um, but we, you know, as I said, we got along fairly well. We communicated. Um, we, you know, we had regular family discussions between us as to what was going on and, and uh, you know, what we thought would be the best, the best thing to do. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, my my younger sister helped what helped with the, to what level she could from a distance. Uh, you know, my older sister and I did most of the hands-on care uh, because we were local, and worked out fairly well. And what kind of training do you wish you had before you got into the business <laughs> of hands-on care? At least a course in, in, in regular first aid. I mean, that would have been, that would have been huge. Um, would have made me for, feel more comfortable. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, dealing with family dynamics, uh, you know, um, that could have been helpful as well. Um, you know, uh, just, having a better overview of what would be out there for caregiver resources. Um, that could have been extremely helpful too, because I had to do a lot of digging. We all had to do a lot of digging as to what was available and, and uh, you know, and what could help. So. So when you get into caregiving, a whole lot of people are really reinventing the wheel. They ought to buy your book, right? <laughs> I, I would recommend that. Sure. Uh, you know, they, they don't really know what they're getting into. Um, so I think, uh, you know, hearing, you know, hearing and learning from somebody else is, is very valuable. Um, you know, like I said, I like to think that, you know, having been there, having done that, I can, I can speak with, with authority on the subject and, you know, I, I do so just because I, I, I want to help, you know, there's a, there's a lot of prospective new and current caregivers out there. Um, I think you know, about one in five Americans is currently looking after uh, an aging senior, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, and that, that number's huge. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're getting into. So it, it really helps to, to learn and hear from others. And you mentioned that you, you, you as a family didn't know that your dad uh, was struggling with Alzheimer's disease. And I think that's unfortunately typical in a lot of families uh, where the parents want to keep that from the kids. Right. You know, dad was, dad was showing the, the early signs of, of uh, dementia, of Alzheimer's. Um, you know, we didn't really worry about it too much. It was just, it was modest signs. He was, uh, uh, you know, he was telling us the same stories and asking the same questions uh, repeatedly. He was losing his keys, uh, you know, um, you know, just, uh, 
wasn't too sure about uh, the plans for the day, uh, you know, where we were going, what we were doing. But we just we just uh, logged it up as uh, you know as just old age you know uh, senior moments, and um, you know but but those moments became more and more prevalent and uh, you know increasingly increasingly common and worse. Worse how? Uh, worse in the fact that uh, the memory loss uh, increased. Um, you know he got to the stage of forgetting his life his career, his family, uh, the day that he forgot me and he asked for my name uh, was probably the hardest day that I've ever been through. Um, you know, having to tell dad that I'm your son, um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it just like, he, he remained physically well, uh, physically healthy, uh, fortunately, but he just, he completely lost, lost it cognitively. So when he asked you, what's your name? What was your thought? I cried. Um, it was, uh, like I said, it was a very hard thing for me to accept. Uh, you know, looking at dad like directly, uh, directly in the eye and, you know, and vice versa and, and having him not being able to identify me. I think he still knew that I was important to him in some capacity, but he just, he could not put two and two together and, and say, you know, you're my son. Did it scare you? I believe so, yes. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't too sure of what to expect, um, you know, how much worse it would get. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was one of the, the earlier ones, uh, forgotten uh you know those with alzheimer's they they retain their you know they they keep their long-term memories for the longest right. and you know the short-term memories are the ones forgotten so uh first so he forgot my younger sister first he forgot me next and then he forgot my older sister and eventually his wife um you know over the course of time and how much longer did he live probably three or four years after that, um, you know, so it was, you know, it was a fair, it was a fair amount of time, you know, and, and, you know, he lived fairly comfortably, quite comfortably, uh, you know, and I, you know, I thank the long-term care staff that looked after him. Um, they provided uh, immense help and, uh, and support to us. Um, you know, however, like I said, it, uh, you know, I'm not, completely sure of the quality of life that he uh that he enjoyed um you know because he, he, he couldn't tell me what's the care like in canada in the u.s we know that long-term care can be incredibly expensive in order to qualify many people have to spend down and go on medicaid what was your situation right. in canada we have we have public health care up here um which is an easier system to understand than Medicaid and Medicare for sure. Um, you know, so dad's, you know, much of dad's care, uh, there was some of dad's care that was covered um, by that healthcare system. Um, a lot of it had to be covered privately. So fortunately, mom and dad were financially savvy and did have a sizable nest egg um, to cover those costs. Um, 
you know, I'm trying to remember the monthly bill uh, for monthly accommodation. It had to be, I'm thinking maybe around four or five thousand dollars per month right. for where we were. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, and that was that was a shared room. You know, that wasn't anything fancy that he had. Um, you know, so so yeah, a lot of that had to be picked up. You know, by by uh, by the individual, by the resident, by the family, um, which is a, a challenge as well. You got about a minute left, and before I let you go, uh, share with folks. Uh, what your best advice would be when you begin that caregiving journey, when you get that phone call like your sister got? Hopefully you've prepared as much as possible. Um, you know, look into resources, who can help, how they can help, accept that help, reach out for help and accept it. Uh, remember yourself as well. Uh, caregiving is a great challenge. Uh, can be very difficult, can be very stressful, and you do need to look after yourself as well. And how do we find your book? Uh, the, your successful caregiver- <laughs> uh, the Successful Caregiver's Guide is available at Barnes & Noble bookstores. Um, if you choose not to go into a retail store right now, I can understand that. You can also order it through Amazon.com. The uh, Caregiver's Guide for Canadians is my Canadian book. Uh, that's available at Chapters and Indigo Bookstores and online at Amazon.ca. I want to thank you so much for being with us, Rick Lauber. A successful Caregiver's Guide and then a successful Caregiver's Guide for Canada. Rick Lauber, thank you very much. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate the time. You take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye now. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.